Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Big Six Podcast, the Sunday Night Super Friends, Super Bowl 58 edition. That's Will Breach. Will Breach? Will Brinson? John Breach. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. They now won three titles since 2019, which is the first meeting between these two teams back in Super Bowl 54. And the Chiefs become Breach, the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since the New England Patriots did 2003-2004. The game was three ticks away from going to double overtime. Wrap your brain around that, but a Mahomes to Hardman touchdown into the game's just second sort of 75 minutes. And moments later, CBS Sports' Tracy Wilson asked Mahomes on the field if this was a dynasty. He said, yeah. And then he qualified with, but we're just getting started. Uh, Brenton, I'll lob this old softball your way before we get into the nuts and bolts. Are the Chiefs officially a dynasty? Yes, definitely. Without question, the Chiefs are a dynasty. However, I I think, and Breach, correct me if you're wrong, or if I'm wrong, (laughs) they weren't three seconds away from double overtime. Or or from, they were three seconds away from the second quarter, or whatever the hell you call it. But yeah, the Chiefs are a dynasty. Patrick Mahomes has started six seasons in the NFL. Three of those seasons, he has won the Super Bowl. Another two of those seasons, or actually another one of those seasons, he went to the Super Bowl and lost in a team, another team stadium that he was playing against. And the other two, he lost the AFC Championship game basically on one play. This team, if look, I don't know that they'll end up better than Patriots 20 years or like 15 years from now, but this three Super Bowls in six years start is better than the Patriots start. And it's not even close. Mahomes is way better than Tom Brady was when Tom played for the Patriots in the first five years of his career. And I said it coming into this game, like this is the worst Chiefs team they've ever had, and they still won the Super Bowl. Offensively. I, I think in general, but sure. Well, the first time, been awesome. Well, it's the first time they've ever been like a road playoff team. The thing I think here, though, is what Brinson said. It's not even – it is how long can this dynasty go because it feels like – Literally, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing football, this team is going to be winning Super Bowls. Uh, yeah. It's one thing to have three. We're talking about, like, look at Joe Montana. Joe freaking Montana won four Super Bowls in his entire career. Patrick Mahomes is not even 29 years old, yes. and he already has three. That is mind-blowing. And as Brinson said, I mean, or and Wilson, the offense definitely the – worst that Mahomes has ever had. And if you look at the entire team, even though the defense was very good, you could make the argument that this was 
their least talented team on paper because of the talent deficiency on offense, but they still won a Super Bowl. So it doesn't, you know, it's, it is just mind boggling. And that's really a testament to Andy Reid's coaching ability and the fact that it doesn't matter. You give him lemons, he is going to make like a carrot cake, something delicious that you don't think can be made with lemons. And that's just what he does. And he just comes out here. <laughs> And this dynasty, it just feels like, you know, like, I don't think Andy Reid's going to retire. I, I wouldn't even think he's no. even thinking about retiring. I don't know how this keeps coming up. It is one of those things where if you're Andy Reid, you're not retiring until Patrick Mahomes retires or until you physically can't walk and get to practice anymore. And you're like, okay, I've got to retire. But yeah, Wilson, I think so, this is a dynasty that could last forever. So, so Wilson, I, I agree with what you said. Like their defense is good, and 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 that's the thing about the dynasty. This defense is young. There's like a bunch of young players on this defense. Guys like Trent McDuffie, Legarius Sneed, George Carlottis. I mean, Chris Jones is older. They'll bring him back. And to Breach's point, Andy Reid is 65. Like my dad is 75, and just went scuba diving. On the other side of the cut, like the planet, Andy Reid is going to keep coaching for ten more years minimum. He like he's going to get Patrick. He's going to get Patrick Mahomes to thirty five. Why would he not? This is this. If you're talking about the start of a dynasty, this is a, a better start than the Patriots than like any or anybody else ever in, in professional football history. Uh, this just in: Patrick Mahomes named MVP three times Super Bowl MVP. Ew. I know there was a, is there, there was a chance there we're going to have a kicker in the, in the mix, and uh, the kicker kicked it up. First ever with uh, three or two MVPs, three Super Bowl MVPs, and three Super Bowls. I assume in this career, right? And a famous TikTok brother. Uh, by the way, our Johnson Jones reported before the the game. I believe that Andy Reid's looking working on a a new contract of some sort. So that would indicate to me that he's probably not going anywhere. Um, he, uh, he told he told Bill Cowher too. Joe Montana it's, was also a three-time Super Bowl MVP. There you go. But, hey, but, but he wouldn't. But he wouldn't two-time regular season MVP and three-time Super Bowl champ, right? Tom Brady had five MVPs. Joe Montana, as Breach mentioned, there had three. Um, Tom Brady still holds the most handsome quarterback with five MVPs, as we currently sit here. Hey, Breach. So let's talk about how the overtime started because this was the first time the new overtime rules were in effect. And I mentioned the double overtime or, or second quarter of overtime, however you want to describe it. Why don't you give us the, the nuts and bolts of what happened? Because had this been a previous Super Bowl prior to the rules, 49ers are winning for the first time since 94. Instead, Kyle Shanahan is now 0-3 uh, when being up by at least 10 points. Well, no, they wouldn't have won it because they only kicked the field. If they had gotten a touchdown on the first drive, they would have won under the old rules. But this was the first, I think, the first postseason game under the new postseason rules where both teams are guaranteed a possession. We all remember the 13-second game that went to overtime because of legend Harrison Butker. A lot of people forget that part about the 13 seconds is that gave us Ironically, he saved the Chiefs. Harrison Butker. And so the Bills did not get the ball in that game. Everybody raised a hoo-ha, and they changed the rules. So <laughs> what? That, yeah, uh, they raised a what? <laughs> they raised a stick. They raised a stick. So the NFL said, all right, we're going to switch it for the playoffs only. I think this is why a lot of people – so a lot of tweets about the overtime rules. What's happening? People are confused about the clock. What happens if it hits zero? They were surprised the Chiefs weren't in a bigger hurry. And I think Gordon got the Romo because he explained that with about a minute left. Uh, and so both teams are guaranteed a possession no matter what. The 49ers had scored a touchdown on that first drive. The Chiefs also still would have gotten the ball, even though two years ago, 
that the 49ers would have won with a touchdown. Now, because of the new rule where both teams get the ball, and I think this is probably going to lead into just a total discussion on Kyle Shanahan yeah, boy. Uh, and the fact that he just loses the biggest games, is that you probably want to kick off in overtime now. Why? Because you want to kick off because it's kind of turned into a college yep. overtime. Game theory, baby. If the Chiefs, if, if, if Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers kick off here, right? Now the Chiefs go down and let's say they score a touchdown. Let's say they kick a field goal, whatever. As long as they score points, you're the 49ers. You get the ball back knowing you have to go for it on fourth down every single time. So you're getting a bonus down. The team you're three the quarters. First, the team that the team that gets the ball first isn't going to be, be playing with that aggressiveness. They're going to be playing more timid. They're going to punt on fourth and two from their own 40 because they're going to afraid you give the other team the ball in field goal range. They can just end it with one kick. So getting there's definitely see it is, we don't have I guess the data to back it up because this is the first game. But well, I think well, college John, coaches, John, John, we do because college football, right? In overtime right. in college football, you always but give the ball to the other team first, hoping they kick a field goal, you score a touchdown, you win. And so I think the only thing that would, and I'm sure Kyle Shannon will be asked about this after the game, is that maybe he's thinking if both teams score, now you have the ball third and it's sudden death, and that is an advantage, but that's only if you make it to that third possession of overtime, which overtime almost never makes it to three possessions. So, uh, yeah, I really think that Shanahan should have uh, kicked off and he did you, and here we are yeah it well, felt a little bit like what we see when we talk about why do these teams keep going for two points when they're down 14 so you can do the math as you go through the process what, i mean what what percent what percent of people you know do you think knew the overtime rules going into this overtime i mean 0. 0.3 yeah definitely uh, yeah, very, very low very low and that's the thing is that maybe Shanahan didn't really have time to think about it because you in your head. Do you think? Do you think? Shan right. Do you think Shanahan knew the overtime rules when he decided to say we'll take the ball? Yes, I think he. I think he might not have. I think he knew the rules. No, I don't he think. Knew he, the rules. I don't think he had a lot of time to think about it because there was no way you, you're starting practicing for the Super Bowl. You're not going to think God ah, Super Bowl is going to overtime. There's been one overtime Super Bowl. Grant Shanahan was a part of it, so God bless the man because now he's got. Uh, he's been a part of a 28 to three blown lead, the first Super Bowl ever to go to overtime in that Falcons Patriots game. Uh, he blew a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter of the Chiefs in Super Bowl 54, tied for the second largest blown lead in Super Bowl history. And he has now blown a 10 point lead of the Chiefs in Super Bowl 58, again, tied for the second largest blown lead in Super Bowl history. So if he didn't know this, there should have been someone on his sideline telling him, hey, because there's a two minute break between the fourth quarter and overtime. So you do have time to think about this. And so someone should have said, hey, coach, there is probably uh, it would make a lot of sense to kick off here if we win the coin toss. And they didn't do it. So, I mean, we can go backwards from that. But that really felt like once they made that decision, it was like, nope, Mahomes will get the ball second and the Chiefs are going to win. So um, there are a lot of winners in this game outside of Kansas City. Um, a few of the losers and, and Breach, you passive aggressively pointed this out to our colleague Katie Mox that the last three members of the pick six in some capacity to let's us, leave to view, uh, hold on to Katie view their team in person have taken the L starting with you incidentally. And then of course, Debo last year and our Katie Mox was in the stands today, angrily yelling at you as she should have been. But I mentioned that to flip the script. Well, I want to talk some winners here. You're a winner breach, even though your Bengals never will be because <laughs> the, uh, the kickers had a great performance here before we get going. Producer Harry has done some, 
some editing on the back end to to glorify you in this moment. What we got, Harry? Uh, so again, special teams correspondent John Breach would have uh, have to have a, a special teams prop here. Harrison Butker, kicker for the Chiefs, makes the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. Breach, what truly makes Breach a winner about that though is it was the he'd already been beaten by freaking Moody and then he topped him. Breach, take your bow, sir. Jake Moody hitting a 55-yarder was the big wow factor, and I was like, oh, the longest field goal hit, but it wasn't Bucker. What a freaking tease. And then to have Bucker come out, and this wasn't just the first 57-yard field goal in Super Bowl history. It was the first time anyone had ever even attempted a 57-yard field goal. No one had ever attempted a kick over 56 yards. Coaches just don't do that. For whatever reason, they're more conservative conservative in the Super Bowl. And man, I really thought Butker had a legitimate shot at winning MVP here. I mean, we're looking, if you're watching on YouTube, we're looking at the five longest kicks in Super Bowl history. Three of them happened in Super Bowl 58 with Moody's uh, two kicks of over 50, 53 and 55, and Harrison Butker setting the all-time record with 57 yards. Moody became the first kicker in Super Bowl history to make multiple 50-yard field goals or more in the same game. Harrison Butker now holds the NFL record for most career Super Bowl field goals. He has more than Adam Vinatieri, more than Steven Goskowski. You guys have been to a bunch of Super Bowls. So the kicking, the whole thing, I mean, this was just, this was a fantasy game for me because it was just, (laughs) and not football fantasy, this is what I dream of before I go to bed because it really, it wasn't just the field goal kickers. They were awesome. It was that special teams played such a huge part in that game. I mean, you look at the muffed punt, that really, I, kind Great. of, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll talk not, about the field goal. Sorry, field goal. No, no, only. no, wait, wait. I want to clarify something. Not a muff punt. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fumbled punt. And so. The, the punt hit a teammate. The punt hit Daryl Luter first. That's why Ray Ray lost it. I don't want to. By, by the way, Breach, I believe, I believe you did call saying, you're like, you know, guys, Moody's been terrible all year, but there is a history of rookie, rookie kickers being great in the Super Bowl. And then, like, Moody, Moody was the, I mean, Moody was the best player of the Niners. He missed, missed extra point. And that it, it got blocked. It, blocked, I mean, it was yeah. a low well, kick, Breach, as, as JC only noted. It was a low kick. Exactly. But, Wilson, the, the guy is a rookie, and he hit a 53-yard field goal, the third longest field goal in uh, Super Bowl history, with under two minutes left to give this team lead. That is pretty freaking clutch. No, I give you that. Go ahead. I, I just want to make sure you don't blame Ray Ray for the muff punk, because it wasn't a muff. It hit Daryl Luter as it was bouncing around. Yeah, that's all. But this was an absolute kicker game. The kickers were on fire. And I really thought Harrison Bucker had a legitimate chance to win MVP. I tried to will it into existence. I sent, I think I sent about six tweets out just yeah. saying at this point, Harrison Bucker has four field goals. If he hits the game winner in overtime, he's winning MVP. There's no way you cannot give him MVP uh, unless Patrick Mahomes instead drives down and gets a touchdown in overtime with uh, Patrick Mahomes magic. And that's what happened instead. And Mahomes deserved it too. So, yeah, but Bucker was awesome. Game-winning field goal last year in the Super Bowl. Awesome this year. Uh, we talked about players who could eventually make the Hall of Fame last week. Bucker has put himself on that list. Oh, good Oh, good call. Good okay. call. By the way, both punters breached from my um, untrained eye were very good as well. Yeah, we saw uh, uh, Mr. Wisnowski have that punt that got down inside the one-yard line. I thought Tommy Townsend had some huge punts that really saved the game for the Chiefs because when the Chiefs were struggling on offense early in the game, especially uh, Townsend had a 62-yard punt on their second drive. Just he flipped the field, and the Chiefs' defense clearly needed that because the 49ers would run up and down the field until they got down into uh, field goal range. So, yeah, Tommy Townsend, 
Mitch Wachnowski. It was a special teams, just fantasy world. It was amazing. Uh, great, great. Uh, poor job by returners, I would say. The, <laughs> yeah. the, punt, the punt returners didn't do a great job of fielding their punt returns. Well, just and, Ray and Ray. The, the clothesline? Remember the clothesline? Ray Ray lost the ball. Oh, yeah. Mm. There was a clothesline there at the end. Let's go through. All right, let's let's try to chronological order this thing up if we can. I mean, there's so many things to touch on, and we'll bounce around for sure. First drive ah. of the game, Christian McCaffrey fumbled. No one saw that coming. Only the third fumble lost by CMC this season. That was crazy town because it was clear they're going to run the ball early. The 49ers were. And I give Shanahan credit. He went away from the run, run a little bit later in the game, but got back to it in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then the start of the second quarter, I want to ask you this, Brenton. We saw that uh, Pacheco fumbled inside the red zone, something else you don't see a lot of. But then what were your thoughts on Travis Kelsey hip-checked Andy Reid almost to the turf like he was getting slimed on HCBS Sports HQ? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I, I feel I feel Big Red's pain in the back and the lower back. I would say that it, it felt like um, the Chiefs, having turned it on for three playoff games offensively, suddenly forgot what they were doing. And Tony Romo did a great job of explaining this on the CBS Sports broadcast, that Steve Wilkes was disguising things on the back end and really confused. And, and like Wilkes was under fire coming to this game. And he confused Patrick Mahomes with the looks he was getting. Kelsey was not a factor. The Chiefs' offense was dreadful. This game started as one of the worst Super Bowls you will ever see. And it looked like it was like, well, at least it's close, even though it's zero zero at the end. Like, was it zero zero in the first quarter? I mean, yeah, well, the right? scoreless first quarter uh, in Super Bowl history, right? Like that's insane. And it was one of those where you're like, well, thank God it's not fifteen nothing or twenty nothing. People will be turning it off. They're still good for CBS Sports purposes, and it's low scoring. The Chiefs' offense was completely lost. But to me, it felt like Wilson on those early drives, and Rebo pointed this out, the, the 49ers could have been up, I don't know, give as high as you want, like 17 nothing. I'll go as high as 10. Right, like 10, 14, 17, something like that. And if they had, maybe they put the game away. But like every time you keep Patrick Mahomes in a game like that, it, the Pacheco – I mean, the Pacheco, the McCaffrey fumbles were totally like out of nowhere. But it, it felt like this game, the more that it got constricted and, and, and closed in, was going to come down to, are you going to give Patrick Mahomes a chance to drive the ball down, down the field and beat you? So, Breach, they didn't score on their first possession for the first time in eight postseason possessions to start the game. That was something different. Um, and to, to Brenson's point, the team struggled, and I thought, Steve uh, Wilkes had some answers because Chase Young and Nick Bosa were giving those tackles problems all day. You have any thoughts on the uh, oh Kelsey bump to Andy Reid who looked like he wasn't prepared for it? Uh, Kelsey was pissed because he wasn't in the game because Noah Gray sort of missed the block that led to the Pacheco fumble. Uh, there you see now if you're watching on YouTube. I mean, if I yelled at you like that, Breacher Brinson, I feel like it, it wouldn't have ended as nicely as this did. Well, I would um, have <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking like if, if I yelled at Wilson like this because I look more like uh, Kelsey, I think, and you look more like Andy Reid. You're older too. If I yelled at you yeah. like that, you would you would like smack me on the head with some kind of ancient uh, artifact that you own at your house. 
By the way, bro, uh, Tr- Kelsey, Kelsey was asked about this. Excuse me. He said, I'm going to keep it between us. I was just telling him how much I love him. So he's, he's a very vocal. Uh, well, I mean, the one thing I'll say is that there's literally two people on this team who can yell at Andy Reid like that. It's Patrick yeah. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. If anybody else does this, I'm pretty sure Andy Reid leaves them in the locker room at halftime and says, hey, why don't you go sit next to Kadarius Tony? Because uh, that's where we're going to be spending the rest of the game. And look, the thing is, what happened is, is you look at what Travis Kelsey did in the first half. He had one catch for one yard. And I'm sure this all played into it. And I'm sure he went into halftime. And he said, can we just get me the ball? I can get open. And Andy's like, well, we don't know because you don't run routes. You just do whatever you want. And Patrick's is getting pressured, so he doesn't have time to figure out what you're trying to do. And boom, what did they do? They figured things out. And he went eight catches for 92 yards in the second half. And I think the other funny part of this is that literally, I'm not even kidding, three minutes after this happened is when they showed Taylor Swift on the Jumbotron at the game just shotgunning a beer or chugging a beer or whatever. And it was like the camera operator pan down, saw the Kelsey Reed stuff, and, and then saw Taylor grab a beer because she was totally on edge the whole game. I mean, she is a fantastic football fan. She saw the, uh, her boyfriend yelling at the coach. She's like, oh, my God, someone get me a beer. I need to chug it. And then the camera turned to her. And she yeah. that th- I mean, it was the whole, the whole Swift Kelsey clan took over that five minutes of the game. By the way, um, shortly I, thereafter. Well, uh, I, I was going to say, uh, I think it's breaking, but uh, was he announced Mahomes MVP? Or was that? Yeah, I just I said that earlier. Remember okay, so no, 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 the NFL just tweeted it out. I was making sure you were talking about you even, you even mentioned about how Mahomes had won three Super Bowl MVPs. Oh, now. That's true. Yeah, 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 good point. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break yeah. and uh, we'll confirm whether Patrick Mahomes indeed won his third oh, MVP right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the Andy Reid Kelsey thing was a thing, but shortly thereafter, Drake Greenlaw got hurt coming onto the field. He was so excited that he did something to his Achilles that isn't good. He had to leave on a on a cart, and that's a huge loss for that team because after Fred Warner, he's one of the best players on that defense, certainly at the second level. So that was an issue. Something else that I wanted to note: it was ten nothing, and I I would imagine if you're a 49ers fan, that frightens you more than the game being tied zero zero. No team had ever won a Super Bowl after being shut out in the first half. And uh, they got in just under the buzzer the Chiefs did when they when they got a field goal to make it ten three. And Mahomes um, is now nine and two in in the playoffs when trailing by seven points or more at halftime. That is outrageous, dude. That's nuts. And I think they showed they they showed a graphic where every other quarterback combined is way under five hundred. And Mahomes is yeah. You shouldn't be winning when you're. Tra- it's like he wants to trail by double digits just so he can bring them back. 
Nine and two in the playoffs when trailing by a touchdown or more at halftime. It, it, it's it's like to your point, Wilson. You're down to it's like ten three and a half. We got it right where we want them. Yeah, and I don't even think any of this reflects necessarily on Brock Purdy. It feels like a, to use a Brinson analogy, a um, a Phil Mickelson situation with Kyle Shanahan. Like he just has to get out of his own way and win win the game. And once he does the, or even a, a Peyton Manning situation, once he wins it, the the floodgates. Well, I mean, like, do you, I mean, like his three, his four law, his four bad losses. And if you just want to include the Super Bowl, it's his three bad losses, two are to Patrick Mahomes, and one is to Tom Brady, and he wasn't the head coach against Tom Brady. Like he's, he's got Tom these Blake. losses. Yeah, but yeah, but his losses are to the definitely the number one greatest quarterback of all time. And yeah, maybe but just the like second, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, no one cares. They just know that you're not winning. No, of course not. No, no, no. When, like at the at the end of the day, when we're doing the math, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. Who gets his team in position to do to to win a lot, and then he's had it snatched from him by Tom Brady and Mahomes because they are just that much better than anyone else we will ever see in the history of the game. So, Breach, as someone who has a long history of experiencing painful sports memories, how do you, as a 49ers, as you shake your head, how do you, as a 49ers fan or the 49ers, do the math in terms of coming back from this? This is painful. Look, you get on the cusp two times in four years. You have to face the same team. And as Brinson said, I, I guess that's the silver lining is that you lost to some legends. You lost to Tom Brady. You lost to Patrick Mahomes twice. But I think one of the problems is that Kyle Shanahan, look, Kyle Shanahan went forward on fourth down in this game in a situation where I never thought Kyle Shanahan would go forward on fourth down. So I'm going to give him some credit there. But, man, he just goes conservative. There switches up the game plan, whatever. When they came out, the 49ers got the ball. Their first two possessions of the second half, they went three and out after running up and down the field in the first half. You know who didn't get any touches on those first two possessions? Christian McCaffrey. Like, I get maybe you go three and out and it just didn't work out for whatever reason uh, that McCaffrey didn't get any touches. But to go out there and do the same thing, and then it's just like, look, go – Go with which the girl that got you to the dance. Let Christian McCaffrey get his touches. You don't need Brock Purdy to win you the Super Bowl. You need Christian McCaffrey to win you the Super Bowl. And, and, and you did it with mul- like Jake Moody hitting multiple fifty-yard field goals. Like you right. were literally you you were that like we, we would normally be killing Kyle Shanahan because he got so conservative and like tried to kick fifty-yard field goals. They missed. The Chiefs get better field position. Chiefs march down the field and win. And instead, Moody banged those things home. He banged three field goals home we didn't think he'd make. And and, and but because he made them, we didn't kill Shanahan for the decisions, which I think normally we'd question. Yeah, so, and real quick, the, the the six the, the first two possessions, it was six passes. McCaffrey did get one pass to him for seven yards. But the point was they, they basically gave up on running the ball to start the second half and threw six straight passes and went three and out on, on two possessions. So, right. So they started at the Chiefs scored at the end of the first half to make it 10-3. Got the ball coming out, and they did the most unchief thing ever. They had the toss of a Checo that bounced off a shoulder pad, and then that ended in an interception play Lager uh, on an overthrow to Kelsey by Patrick Mahomes, which you don't, which you rarely almost never see, especially in the playoffs. 218 passes since his last interception for Patrick Mahomes. And what did the 49ers do? Throw away from Purdy on first down, false start, and they had so many freaking penalties along the offensive line. And then a third and 15 Purdy scramble, they had to punt. Casey comes back. 
uh, deep third MBS on the first play and complete. And they ended up having to uh, punt when Pacheco ran up the middle on that uh, third and one against a stack box. Next drive by the 49ers. Uh, they again go three and out and punt, and then Debo gets hurt. <laughs> he does come but, back. No, but, by the way, the non challenge there on the second down was terrible. They called a timeout and did not, and said like, they should have challenged and just said, if we, if we challenge and we lose, we take the timeout. Right. On the third one where they ended up punting. Very bad by Andy Reid. And if the Chiefs had lost, that's something we would be dissecting for 10 minutes. 100%. How bad it was they didn't challenge that. But the thing is, yeah. because the 49ers are monkeying around and letting the Chiefs hang around, the very next drive for the Chiefs after Debo goes out, it ends in that 57-yard laser that I also believe was a high snap, right? Creed Humphrey, snap? Was, Creed Humphrey was all over the place. Tonight. Well, Creed Humphrey didn't snap on the on the field goal attempts. Oh, no, I'm saying Creed Humphrey was snapped. Like, the snaps were all over the place tonight. Yeah, yeah, but I, I was just correct. And he's had I didn't see. I didn't see, I didn't see the high snap, no. Yeah, it was a high snap that uh, Bucker hit the 57-yard laser on, which makes it even more impressive. I'll give him an extra three yards for, for that. Um, and also, the other thing to note, he hit it probably as low as Moody hit his on the block extra point, but the difference oh, is yeah, he yeah, just yeah, missed yeah, two yeah. hands yeah. that could have very easily blocked it had the ball been an inch right or left. Um, so, again, it felt like, as Breach noted, that, and like the forty, uh, the, the Ravens did two weeks ago, they got away from what got them to the dance in terms of running the football, and the 49ers got away from it in the middle of the game there. They got back to it late, and Christian McCaffrey took over, and they were still in it. They actually had a chance to win it, but it just felt like – let me put it to you this way. Did you ever feel like, Brinson, the 49ers were are locked to win it at any point in the second half? No. Of overtime? No, no, no. It felt like – it's like, man, the 49ers have dominated this game. And have like done everything they possibly could do outside of that early McCaffrey fumble to like to take control of this game. And every time you feel like they're gonna pull away, Mahomes is lurking. And it's like if you give Patrick Mahomes a chance to get the ball in his hands at any point in the fourth quarter or overtime to beat you. You're losing, and, and and that's what ended up happening. By the way, we'll do an odd show later in the week, but uh, it has been noted to us in our little private messaging channel. Super Bowl odds for Super Bowl 59. 49ers are the favorites at plus 450, followed by the Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, and Bills. Who are the Chiefs? Plus 750. I mean, is anyone uh, taking the 49ers over the Chiefs right now in this moment? No, we take the Chiefs, dude. They're going to win a third straight. Um, all right, we're about halfway through the show, so let's have some halftime thoughts. Breach, as the only person on this podcast who went to see Britney Spears by themselves in Las Vegas, where did we get? We walked by it yesterday, the other day. Where was the, the venue? Well, uh, Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. Um, what are your thoughts on the halftime show? Because as an old person, I thought it was good, but I think the, the younger crowd really got into it. I think it just depends how you felt about uh a lot of the singers that came out like during your heyday because i know that a lot of the younger people look man when i heard take that one back i love Ludacris. i love uh <laughs> luda was great luda killed it little john leisha keys uh, but i my rating was like a 7.5 i didn't love it uh, but i definitely like i didn't hate it i thought it was pretty good i was into most of it um, 45 year old usher with no shirt on there if you're watching yeah look, usher shout out to usher for being 
an absolute stare cold 12 out of 10 with his shirtless. I mean, like he's, he's three years older than me. And, and I mean, I, I don't even know what those muscles are that he's showing, but uh, Luda great. Alicia Keys is good. Lil John was awesome, but still, I don't know. I mean, like, you do want to say a CBS Super Bowl halftime show fell flat. It just didn't. It was got a lot of positive responses. Um, interestingly, from people much, 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 much younger than than me, colleagues well, it turned out. Debo loved it. Debo gave it a nine point three. Breach gave it a seven point five ish. A nine point three. For me, was it my favorite. Than the, uh, my favorite. Was it better than the Dre Super Bowl halftime show? What'd you say? My voice is. Was it better than the Dre Doctor Dre? That was my favorite show? one of recent memory. Um, a lot of the ones that we were actually attending the Super Bowl for work, we couldn't hear very well. There's Alicia Keys. That piano she had was incredible. Yeah, she did a great job. Um, yeah, no, it was good. I think it got better, too. Uh, our buddy Adam yes. Beasley, who was also old, said it started slow, and then he was a little happier as the, the halftime show progressed. Adam Beasley was also at um, U2 at the Sphere two nights ago, as, as was I. So, no, no, I'm just saying that, like, who knows what was influencing his opinion mentally. And there's Ludo with his uh, football uniform on, which I... By the way, way, the spear is the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen in your life. And Breach, we can confirm that Brinson was, in fact, the idiot running the top of the sphere and causing $100,000. No, did I not text all these photos of the, of the sphere? It's unbelievable. I don't even love you, too. And they were cheap about it, and it's great. And then you didn't get your luggage back. All's well. That ends well. <laughs> all right. Um, back to the show. Halftime's over. Um. By the way, one of the saddest moments in Super Bowl history for me personally was when Breach was trying to uh, time last the halftime show at the Miami Super Bowl, and some idiot stood in front of him about halfway through and ruined his time lapse. He did get to make it up with the Bellagio uh, fountains this week, or foundations, as I like to call them. Uh, Breach, any other sort of second half or overtime? Did you see where uh, that happened to Tom uh, uh, James Palmer trying to do it, and, and Mike Garofalo knocked his phone over mid time lapse? Uh, that's even worse when it's someone you know. Yeah. Yeah. Breach, any second half slash overtime moments that stuck out to you that we haven't touched on yet? Well, I'm going to say, because we've been talking about how Kyle Shanahan, and I know some people think, well, it's not completely his fault. And and you look at his history, and he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, and he just ran into a buzzsaw with Mahomes in Super Bowl 54. And again, Mahomes with the legendary overtime drive. He has been the play caller for three Super Bowls. How many points do you guys think his teams have scored in the fourth quarter of those Super Bowls? Zero combined, combined two, three. three. Oh, That's it. Uh, three, even if you add our answer, the field, the field goal, the field goal for Moody. Yeah, the field goal for Moody was his first fourth quarter points and a super was an offensive play caller. That is somewhat your responsibility. So, I'm going to throw that out there. The other thing I'm going to say about yeah, so the other thing I'm going to say about Shanahan is we talked about this after the divisional round when he didn't know when to use his timeouts at the end of the first half. He just let the clock run out. He was in a situation, all three timeouts, when the Chiefs got down to the 49ers' 14-yard line, uh, and they ended up kicking a field goal with 23 seconds left. If he had used all three timeouts, they could have gotten another possession with 50 or 55 seconds left. So it was just, again, how do you let that happen twice in one month when that was a huge thing that people were talking about? And so it just seems like he gets into situations where 
Shanahan is prepared for 99.9% of everything, but that point one that he just doesn't get it is he can't figure it so, out. So, so breach all like in that same vein at the end of the first quarter of overtime, it felt like we Andy Reid got killed the entire first half of his, of his career for not being prepared to do like proper play calling stuff, et cetera. And the clock is winding down. And I think 99% of people watching were like, dude, you have three seconds left. If you don't score, you're bleeped. That was close. Um, and, and But Reed ran the play he wanted. Michael Harbin, inside motion, back outside motion, and he's wide open. Andy Reed runs that play a billion times down by the goal line. But I wonder, did, did Cal Shanahan – of course, do you think he was flustered by the fact that he took the ball to start overtime and maybe didn't know, didn't, like, wasn't fully apprised of the overtime rules? There's no way he didn't know the rules. There's no way. Why? It's Kyle Shanahan. It's not Matt Canada out there. Well, Brinson, even even if that is the case, I think by the time they got moving. I'm out then. But I think by the time they got moving, because they got down to inside the 10 yard line, that you're not, that doesn't matter anymore. Now you've got to score a touchdown. You're close to scoring a touchdown. But I'm saying if you're, if you're the Niners, why don't you call it like a timeout? For the coin toss? No, no. When, when the Chiefs are about to run first and, like, first and goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, they were, they were clearly not prepared for that play. It was Andy Reid deep pass him down the stretch. Although well, I mean, for the first 45 ish minutes, Andy Reid wasn't wearing pants. I would agree with that. All right, let's. Our uh, Evan Washburn talked to Kyle Shanahan after the game, and this is what he had to say. Coach, first of all, we really appreciate your time. An incredible back and forth game. Obviously, didn't go the way you guys would want. What were the right words in the locker room for your guys? Uh, there's no right words right now. Um, it hurts. Everybody understands that. Hit the button, Debo. Uh, we knew it would hurt if it came to this, but. I'm just proud of our guys. They put themselves out there. Um, they played their tails off. They played through a lot of stuff. Well, I'm and the only one unmuted. Something we got to live with. Can you hear me? Uh, I know it's something we can Yeah, can't we handle. sure can, Ryan. Yeah, we're all pretty disappointed right now. Um, but I'm going to lose with anyone. I want to lose with those guys, man. Understanding it's right. <laughs> Hit the button, Depot. <laughs> All right, there we go. So the clip wasn't ready. Um, by the way, I, uh, on CBS, this uh, the pregame. I saw was, the whole clip. Oh, I didn't see it. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, he played yeah, the no, clip. No, no, no. The whole clip was clay. You're going. I hit the button, Debo, and then, I, he, then we then we heard you go. I guess I'm the only one who's unmuted. <laughs> Brenton, you, you also weren't muted, and uh, you talked. Uh, but let me just say real quick because we're talking about Kyle Shanahan. He actually was asked about the overtime stuff. And he said they took the ball. So he knowingly, like we assume, Brent, there's no way he didn't know the overtime rules. But right. he took it because of what my theory was, that he thought if there was a third possession, he'd have that ball in sudden death. So you oh, he's thinking if we stop them, they can't feel goal. No, he's saying if, if we take the ball first and the Chiefs match us in points, then we have the ball in sudden death with the game on the line. No, that's bad. That's bad game theory. By the way, for clarification, I literally didn't see the video. I just saw it sitting there, so I thought maybe the video was wrong. I was watching. Did you hear it? The, no, I didn't hear it or anything. So I, I, hope, what he said. I hope our podcast listeners hear Kyle Shanahan talking and you going, well, hit the imagine, button, Devo. I would imagine they would hear it since that's exactly what happened. 
Um, all right. Let's see. This is on the rundown, but I think we know the answer because Breach sort of touched on it. The right person got the MVP. There's no doubt about it, but this was written before the game was over when there was some some uh, uncertainty about whether it might be a kicker. Breach, let me ask this. What would have had to happen for the kicker to win the, the MVP? To get uh, the, old, the, the original Jim Breach award. As it, far as it, I think we were close. Yeah, it, not only were we super close, but I mean, it was borderline about to happen. Even with the Chiefs got down there, because you're talking about 49ers trailing, uh, or, or the Chiefs trailing 22 to 19. You have the Chiefs getting down to, let's say, the 32-yard line. It was third and one, and that's where Mahomes scrambled for 19 yards. And at that point, it really felt like it was over. But if they get stopped there on third and one, and you have to send Butker out for a 50-yard field goal to tie it in overtime at, at 22, and he hits that, and then I don't care what happens after that. If you have five field goals and your team wins and multiple 50-yarders, and at that point, I, I think Mahomes through for only seven more yards so he, he was still going to finish with about the same stats he finished with it would have been a tough debate and if he added the sixth field goal that won in, in overtime he absolutely wins if he doesn't have the six then it's split people probably still vote from hopes but it was there there was a path there was a path there was a well path. i mean you gotta remember the the votes happening live in the press box with a bunch of people who it's like they're doing for they're let's say it's not their job so they are Mahomes was a t- like walk off touchdown pass. It's like Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. You scribble and, and be done. Uh, by the way, a couple other things I wanted to point out, and this is sort of going back and forth, but they're. Well, I mean, we know the outcome of the game. We know why. But I thought the Juwan Jennings throwback touchdown was crazy because it looked like it was going to be a pick six the other way. He had me- actually completed that pass. I think floated so high. So he thrown that pass at Tennessee for a touchdown. And of course, uh, again, to Rich's point, the more you use Christian McCaffrey, the better it happens. So that was fantastic. That made it ten nothing, which uh, obviously complicated things for 49ers fans because that score is, is troublesome. And then at the end of the game, I want to ask you guys about this. Kelsey runs a little shallow, gets down to the nine yard line with ten, ten seconds to go on a twenty two yard gain. The next play is an incompletion in the end zone with Fred Warner in coverage against Kelsey. There's six seconds left. Are you going to go for it there, Brinson? Because I was, I thought maybe they may take a quick chance to go for it in the end zone. They settle for the tie. And overtime. I think Robo called it correctly. I think there's studies where it says you need seven seconds to guarantee. But because, like, you cannot, like, if you throw it in and it there's some back and forth and whatever it is, and they're like, it's incomplete, there's zero seconds left on the clock, you are being destroyed for the rest of time and basically everyone has to retire. Like you like seven, I think it's seven, you go. Six or less, you kick. Well, and the thing that added a little drama there was that on the play before it, it went it's the play started with 10 seconds left on the clock and it only took four seconds. So if you're Andy Reid, you're thinking, I have a smart quarterback. If he does the exact same thing, we'll have two seconds. But yeah, you cannot risk that because then you become the new Kyle Shanahan, even with your two Super Bowls. Everybody's like, remember that Super Bowl that Andy Reid blew because uh, they just ran out of time and they didn't even get to try the field goal. Uh, yeah, maybe Dan Campbell goes for it there, but I think that's where you got to take the tie and and go to overtime. And, and it felt like the game was kind of, the momentum was going towards Kansas City. And so it felt like that was the, the easy decision. All right. Yeah, I was wondering just because maybe they felt pretty good with the way the game game was going because things the tide had turned, as it were, and the Chiefs are certainly doing more, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in the second half and obviously in overtime. So, Breach, did I hit my 
bowl prediction with turnovers and touchdowns? I think I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. You almost definitely, you definitely should have. You were close. You're, I, Wilson, I would give you, if you're doing a regrading, obviously, we'd give John Breach an A plus, 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 plus for longest field goal made. Twice. Like, and maybe add another plus on I it. have to say real quick, <laughs> I wish we had the clip because Prisco gave me an F because he said special teams predictions were stupid and you nailed that one. nothing's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. Too bad Prisco's but, not here. But to Wilson's credit, he said more turnovers than touchdowns. This game, I'm not sure what the final number was. I just saw my head. But, I mean, there was – what do we have? How many turnovers? How many we, touchdowns? Had, we had four and four. Four and four. They so, should have been like twelve and and, and and two. Like there were fumble, like there were so, so many fumbles on kick returns. So Wilson, I give you a regraded A plus. Yeah, I don't think the original production. was even that bad. Prisco was a bad influence on all of us, but I'll take the A plus. That's a go yeah. out of the bank. Oh, and by the way, it just occurred to me, Breach and Brinson. I also won the Super Bowl draft pool. I beat Prisco, KC versus 49ers. So he owes me. Oh, who had, who had the closest uh, score prediction? I had 20 to 17. What'd you have? 24 21. Let's go. Oh, jeez. What'd you say, Breach? Uh, Three to two. 31 to 20. No. <laughs> Six, 15 to 12 with all field goals. All field goals. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the truly important things after the Super Bowl and the halftime show. We'll talk a little commercials right after this. Now, my 12 year old is not a football fan. In fact, he can't name a team I like, much less a player, but he does watch the Super Bowl with my wife upstairs, and they go through the commercials. Um, Brinson, what was your favorite commercial? Super well, I would take away from this, and it's going to be unpopular, but I think Jesus may have too big an advertising budget. I don't think I saw any Jesus commercials. Are you kidding me? You're in the Super Bowl? Yes. Maybe it's because in North the- Carolina. Uh, probably. I would say the funniest one was the Dunkin' Donuts. Ah, oh, dang it. That's going to be mine. Matt David, Matt David was hilarious. That was I my did. favorite. Yeah, easily my favorite. I, I thought I thought it was fine. And by the way, it also occurs to me that maybe you need Jesus more than the rest of us, and that's why that's being <laughs> blasted to your television. <laughs> it's targeted. targeted my, mother's, my mother's a retired minister, buddy. Well, your mother needs to come out of retirement. I'll just leave it at that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the Michael Sarah one is as producer Harry notes was also very go. good. That was excellent. Michael Sarah looks exactly the same except now he can grow facial hair. The Knuckles, um, shout out Robbie Brenson. Knuckles uh ad was good. Breach, what do you have? Uh look, I don't want to be a homer, but they, obviously the Paramount commercial that we already knew was oh, that's coming. A great one. Yeah. With uh, you know, Arnold and Peppa Pig and our friend Knuckles and, and Tua showing up and not being able to throw the grappling hook, and of course Patrick Stewart. That, that yeah. It was pretty hilarious. It's even funny because that commercial came out, I think, last week. And watching people tweet about it and react to it for the first time, just absolutely loving it. Uh, but, but tonight's version was shorter. The original right. version with um, uh, who's the guy from the football shaped head? Arnold. Rats. Arnold, yeah. It, but like the Creed version in the, uh, like the, the Creed like build up in the original version, much more funny. So that, that was number one face. for me. Number two was the yeah. Dunkin' Donuts ad with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Tom Brady, and J-Lo. I mean, 
How would Dunkin' Donuts get the money to hire all these celebrities? That's insane. That was just because uh, those are expensive people to hire. <laughs> Matt Damon just, oh man, it was just, it was a perfect commercial. I'm interested to hear your third one. What's your third one? And my third one, is, and let me just say that, you know, we have been to so many Super Bowls that you rarely get to stay home and watch commercials. I don't Google them the next day. So to be able to kind of watch this live was exciting. Uh, yeah. Number number three was State Farm with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I had the same reaction Brenton did. I think at my age, Bree, I don't Jesus. like to, I don't like to hear things repeated over and over again. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a moment. <laughs> Makes Arnold so great. Yeah, Get no, I love Arnold. Uh, okay, well, this dovetails nicely into another pop star sensation. Taylor Swift made it to the game. I think you both predicted 99.999% she would be there. Uh, Breach, did she end up driving in from L.A. or did she fly in from L.A.? Because I know she arrived in L.A. originally from Tokyo. Well, she flew in on Saturday afternoon. I think there was some reports that she had was already there Saturday morning. I don't think her flight landed in Vegas till about uh, 1.30 Pacific time, so about two hours before the game. Then she, that's why she – because if you were on Twitter, if you looked at the pictures, you saw Jason Kelsey there. You saw Donna Kelsey there. They were kind of hanging out in the box. Kylie Kelsey was there. No sign of Taylor Swift. Everybody was wondering, where's Taylor Swift? Well, she had to stop in L.A., pick up her buddies, because she showed up with some celebrity friends. Uh, and then that is that was the holdup. They took off on uh, Sunday morning, flew to Vegas, and then boom, everyone knows we got there because that we all saw the videos and pictures. I think I think Taylor Swift is a better football fan than we give her credit for. Oh yeah, she, no, she, she seems she, all in. she knew, but she's like she's slugging a beer at the commercial. She's Flies from Tokyo back or like you know a private jet. I mean that's not easy to buy. Um, obviously I'm kidding. But the but like she just she like she I, I feel like Taylor Swift is not taking away from Travis. I feel like she's helping like like pushing Travis Kelsey up. Well, she have a talk with Tra Travis before he. Well, and I'll say one thing real quick about Taylor is that when they they would pander her after uh, when the Chiefs were behind. And she had that anxiety that on her yes, face that we yes. all felt when one of our teams is losing, where she, with the arms crossed and just totally nervous. And she looked like know, a fan. Yes, and, and so it's like she clearly, you know, she loves the guy because I, I'm not sure how big of a football fan she was before this season. You know, she right. grew up an Eagles fan, but it's not like she was showing up at Eagles games. But now she looks like she is ready to go talk football, watch football, and just do anything football. And she's clearly enjoying herself. So good for her. All right, I think uh, we have some Taylor clips, and I'll just keep quiet until we come back on uh, in case I don't see them. So fire those things up. On their uniform, that's something special, and I know the Hunt family is extremely proud. I know we want to talk about football right now, but as I look at Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, we're going to talk about the relationship. There it is. I mean, hugging and kissing on the sidelines like they're in high school. There's no proposal yet, so uh, I don't know if that's coming or not, but they're happy. In the, words, in the words of one, Davis. Pick six podcast host. I'm glad Travis Kelsey wears gloves. Who said that? I said no glove, no love, Jake. Oh, yeah, that's a deep cut. For sure. Um, what else? I was gonna say something. Oh, else. wait, one more commercial. I think uh Clarity oh, yeah. in the comments mentioned it. I, I guess we have to bring it up because it's a big special teams night. Gronk. Missed oh. the kick of Desty. What are you doing? I, know, no, no, I don't want to see this. No, no, Look, he had a year to pre prepare for it. No. And he's just a 25 yarder, correct? Embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Breach, 25 yarder? Yeah, I think they should let Brinson try it next year. Why Drunk do you only Brinson do a one? Oh, I'll, I'll make it before God. Why do you only do a one step up? 
Someone uh, exp- maybe someone told him that was the best way to do it to keep keep the ball straight. Because Gronk doesn't care. It's a million dollars to people whether he know. misses or w- no. If he misses or makes, FanDuel's giving out a million dollars either way, and he's getting paid either way. A couple of things that we'll hit on, and then we'll get out of here. Let's start right. with this. Remember the early in the game, Mahomes rolls left and is about to get sacked and throws the two-handed pass and Noah Gray. It was called intentional grounding. Yeah. What was that about? Why was that intentional? Uh, I didn't get back to the line of scrimmage. It didn't matter. He was outside. Uh, Robo no said, no, Robo said it was close to Noah Gray. I felt like I felt like it was grounding. Gene Steratore said he was coming back to the ball. I mean, what do you have to do, Breach? I just love that Romo has been kind of not like mocking the officials about that all year, but just where it, it doesn't make any sense because they're not being consistent with their grounding calls. We've seen a couple insane ones that made no sense. They had the Josh Allen one. There's just, I mean, there's, yeah, there's just very questionable grounding. They need to get that straight. It, it, it felt like it was a two headed shove as his knees are hitting the ground. And like no great one catching that. It was, it was like oh, a blatant, I mean, it was a blatant, like, like, Maybe this won't be called. It's better the sack intentional rally to me. I mean, that happens three times every game. Look at this. Ooh, he let it down. Well, the ball's no. long gone. No. Fine call. All right. That's a weird hill to die on, but it is what it is, as the kids said in 1999. All right. One other thing I want to bring up, two other things. The use check catch on the sidelines after a great scramble by Brock Purdy in the second half, and then he use goes to awesome. He Des Bryant's it. Des Bryant's Des Bryant has to weigh in that it's not a catch, but they had changed the rules. Breach, are you okay with that call? Because it moved as he hit the ground, but he'd already taken at least a step and a half, perhaps two steps for a first down. I would have preferred they stopped the I know it was at an interesting point in the game, but at least show the casual fans who have never aren't watching football all the time that you need to stop and like explain this one. Go review it. I didn't think it was as cut and dry that the officials clearly thought it was because they didn't review it and they just kept going. And that was a, at a huge moment in the game. Uh, so, and, cause that was the overtime one. Yeah. You, and so it could only be stopped by the officials. There was no challenging and he clearly lost control of it. It was just a question of, did he make two, uh, two football moves or take two steps to make a football move? Uh, and it feels like he did, but it also feels in, like they should have reviewed in, it. in real time. It felt like he got a first down. No, he got a first down. The concern was the ball was moving, and Des Bryant was called an incompletion when it happened to him before they tweaked the rules. Well, so we did that. Reach's point is that they could at least stop it. We're not in a rush. I mean, you're trying to burn through commercials anyway. Let's at least have an explanation for it. But it was weird. Did we have we didn't have any reviews in this game, either challenges or official reviews on the field? Yeah. And I thought there could have been several. Yeah, I, I, okay. I mean, but they all right. Just, final, final show. Do you have a final shout out? What are you doing? Uh, I was, I was going to say, could I like shout out to Amanda Guerra and Chris Hassel, my blackjack partners? Okay. I thought we're done. Are we not done? No, I had a, I had a couple other things I was going to mention. Oh my God. Really? Uh, Kadarius Tony didn't play. <laughs> Who? Exactly. And at, at one Me, point, Miko Hardman being the, Miko Hardman could have won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. That's crazy. He, he was trying to choose mid season. And at well, one point late in the game, I actually scribbled down are the lack of playmakers finally catching up with the Chiefs. Go ahead, Breach. 
Well, that's one thing. I think that one thing, Kadarius, Tony, you look at, uh, I mean, look at the Chiefs punt returning. You're talking about a guy who I think had the longest punt return in Super Bowl history last year. And then see something yards. And then you have this year where Richie James had like three punt returns for four yards. I don't, it wasn't that, but it, it was, it was not great. It was four returns for 12 yards. Tony, Tony they traded for last year. And then Harbin, they drafted, they traded, let go, they traded for this year. But look, Andy Reid knows how to find guys. He found Tyreek Hill the fifth round. Travis Kelsey the third round. He finds guys. But the point point there is that when we said Travis Kelsey was yelling at Andy Reid in that game is that if you're on Andy Reid's wrong side, there's only two guys in that roster who can be, and he's not going to deal with the serious Tony drama, and that's it. He didn't let him play in the AFC Championship game. Not let him play. Tony's a non-factor. Justin Watson stepped up. Rashid Rice uh, did some damage later, but it was mostly Travis Kelsey. And then McCall Hartman was second on the team with three receptions for 57 yards in that game when he touched down. And Marcus Valdez Scantling. And Marcus Valdez Scantling had the had the big play there. And as Patrick Mahomes noted to Tracy Wolfson at the end of the game, um, Miko has dealt with some adversity going back to that Bills game, uh, which obviously. If Miko Hartman and MBS are catching touchdowns against for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, when they had nothing going, they will find a way to win another one next year. No, I agree with that. And by the way, if if um, Andy Reid had not done the made the adjustments that he had made in the second half, especially in overtime, I think we would have had a a pretty precarious situation. And I would encourage you to to watch the rest of this on YouTube because Debo has the uh, the analogy in moving pictures. Down goes Brinson is a great call. And like people are watching this, like if you think I'm I'm personally concussed and dealing with severe back injuries as okay. a result of my as a result of my company endangering me. As a result John of your Breach, as a result of your never just trying to lunge at Breach. Uh, John Breach dumped it on me. Noah Mendel, who's his idea. CBS Sports and Paramount. Oh, I'm just saying it was on the record on YouTube. I mean, Eric K and Eric uh, Devo, whatever his name is. Brenton, I, I did you out. get all the slime out of your hair? Because I think I still see some. <laughs> no, no, it came right out, actually. <laughs> all right. Luckily, you can take the wig off. Right still the there. I'm just saying when the lawsuit comes out, <laughs> we'll name everybody. All right. I really, I really maybe concuss. <laughs> All right. The light show continues at Brinson's house there. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Slime is edible. What does it taste like? I think Brinson said it was foul. Apples, applesauce and jello. Applesauce and jello. That's delicious. That's, That's my favorite combination. By the way, yeah. underrated shout out to Breach for his uh, cat like dexterity to avoid being attacked. Was, <laughs> we told this after <laughs> I turned. I was going to slime. Breach. So I was going to grab Breach's like cheeks and slide him. Breach saw my hands jump up, and he moved, and that caused the 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 rocket into space, as it were. Yep. I was ready Touché. for it. the Touché, slime Breach. rocket into space. All right. Well, we'll visit Brinson in his new mansion when he gets that slime money. <laughs> yeah, uh, money. In the in the meantime, that's it. The old Sunday Night Super Friends is a wrap. 22 weeks of Sunday Night Super Friends is officially over for Super Bowl 58. 
But we're not done. We'll be back, I think, tomorrow for a deeper dive into Super Bowl 58. Some things we didn't talk about today because uh, as press conferences go on and we'll discuss those things shortly. But in the meantime, thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. Thanks to producer Harry for producing. Thanks to Wilbur and Johnny Boy. I'm Ryan Wilson. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great year.